0: of you who don't know me, my name is Sunday, but I realize that uh, my name has been mentioned quite a bit this morning, so I'm not going to introduce my name except to say that I love my name. (laughs) Love my name at least for two reasons. Firstly, because I was born on the Lord's Day, Sunday. That's why they called me by that name, and secondly, I love my name because it reminds me of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy. It is for us to gather this morning on the Lord's Day, a day in which I believe that we are all blessed in the sense that we have an opportunity to enjoy fellowship with one another as we worship together and commune with God. That said, I'm nervous. (laughs) It's indeed a privilege to be able to share God's word with you this morning. Thanks, Andrew. I learned uh, that Andrew doesn't take a no for an answer. Because when he told me about this opportunity to just come and share, I tried to come up with all kinds of excuses. And Andrew very politely told me... In One of the excuses I mentioned was that, are you not worried about my accent? Praise the Lord (laughs) It's all my nerves And so I told Andrew that Are you not worried about my accent And Andrew in a very polite manner He said Sunday And I'm I'm paraphrasing it here He said we know that you're the man from We can tell by your accent (laughs) So don't worry We pray for you So thanks Andrew For that I really appreciate that. Now, you have all heard the expression, what is in the name? Many times we use such an expression lightly or sometimes even mockingly, especially when you are referring to certain professions and organizations which will remain nameless for the sake of peace and tranquility, But more often than not, names are implicitly or explicitly meant to convey something about an individual or an organization such as a political party or whatever. Often names signify the ethos, the authority or character or status and could even signify the political or theological persuasion of an individual or an organization. In other words, a name signifies what an organization or a person does. And so this morning, I'm thinking, for instance, of the name shepherd. And more specifically, I want to draw your attention to what the shepherd does. And to do that, we have to turn to our Bibles, to Psalm 23. And I will read from verses 1 to 3. And this is what God's word says, reading from NIV. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there are so many precious nuggets of heavenly treasures hidden in this psalm, and all radiating and reflecting the loving, tender care of a skillful and watchful shepherd. Now, for those of you who love to have a title for a sermon, well, I've got one for you, and I borrowed from a Puritan called Matthew Henry. Because in his commentary, Matthew Henry uh, called this passage simply as confidence of God's grace and care. Confidence of God's grace and care. And so this morning, uh, I'll be talking about an anthem of God's grace, of confidence, an anthem of confidence in God's grace and care as a good shepherd. Indeed, Psalm 23 radiates a confidence in God's goodness, compassion and changing love which can never be deterred or diminished. It's not surprising to see the reasons why this particular psalm has been used beyond the confines of the church. Because this hymn was so beautifully composed, it has been sung and used as a poem, even by people who knew the song, and yet they never knew the shepherd himself. And with that in mind, I want now to briefly highlight what the shepherd does what the shepherd does firstly I'll try to give uh, a general things of what the shepherd does and I and then I'll go into five specific things which the shepherd does so with respect to Psalm 23 uh, we we can see that the opening verses of this section of Psalm 23 is what some other Bible scholars call as a he section. He as a pronoun. A section which describes the shepherd's ways of caring for his sheep. And so in this section, the shepherd seems to be doing everything for his sheep. The Lord does everything for us. The shepherds are not required to do anything except, except to stay in close proximity to the shepherd and listen to his voice and to follow him. That way the shepherd will be able to lead with ease, will be able to lead his sheep to green pastures. The shepherd will be able to provide and protect when the sheep stay close to him. And therefore, the theme of this portion seems to focus on relationship. The shepherd As every sheep at heart. And that is why when one sheep is lost from the flock. The shepherd oftentimes leaves the rest of the flock. And go to look out for the lost sheep. And when the shepherd finds the lost sheep. He puts it on his shoulders. To bring it back to the fold. Where he gently begins to care for the sheep. That's what a good shepherd does in general. And now let's look at. Few distinctive things which the shepherd does, which a good shepherd does. The first thing I want to propose to you, which a good shepherd does, is that in nature's relationships, in nature's, in fact, personal relationships. We read from verse 1 that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, for a start, It is important for us to understand the significance of the name Lord in this text. Firstly, the name Lord is a descriptive Jewish personal name for God. It comes from a Hebrew root word Adon and is seen as the equivalent of Yahweh. Secondly, when we refer to Jesus as Lord in Greek, they say Kyrios, we are saying something significant about, about the Lord Jesus. And so, given that we began by reflecting on the question of what is in the name, you cannot miss it for the fact that the psalmist here had a personal relationship with the Lord. That's why he made it personal to say the Lord is my Shepherd. It signifies a personal relationship with him. And so when he exclaimed, saying that the Lord is my shepherd, in these words, the believer, that includes you and me, is taught to express his satisfaction in the care of the good shepherd. With a joyful heart, the psalmist reflects on the fact that it doesn't just have a personal God with whom it can lead to, But more than that, this Lord is also a shepherd. And that shepherd is no other than Jehovah or Yahweh himself. And with that irrefutable, irresistible, and undisputed confidence in the psalmist, the psalmist was therefore able to say, I shall not be in want, finch and claw, as they say in Afrikaans. Because when God is on your side, what else does one need? He, who was God, lacks nothing. And the psalmist knew it. That's why he could say, I shall not be in want. So that's the first distinctive thing which the shepherd does in nature's relationship. The second thing which the shepherd does as a distinctive thing is that he provides for his sheep. Verse 2 and 3 we read, it makes me to lie down in green pastures and it leads me beside still waters, it restores my soul. Now this psalm, I must say, that has been attributed to David as the author for an obvious reason because of his prowess and oratory skills and his ability to portray a pastoral imagery since he was a shepherd himself. But beyond the daily routine of what the shepherd does with respect to providing, leading, and restoring the sheep as indicated in verses 2 and 3, this passage also gives a picture of the flock of sheep seemingly gentle and harmless, feeding in green pastures under the care of a skilled, watchful, and tender shepherd. In a sense, this face gives us an idea or a picture of what happens when believers, the backsliders, and even the lost are brought back to the good and chief shepherd of their souls. Oh, may God grant that we will see and witness a restoration of broken relationship as prodigal sons and daughters begin to return home in repentance, submitting their lives once again to the lordship of Jesus who himself said he was a good shepherd. So this good shepherd not only nurtures relationships, the good shepherd also provides for his, for his sheep. The third distinctive thing which the shepherd does is that he presides over the sheep. We read from verse 3. He guides me in parts of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, like a presiding judge who presides over the court of law so that there is fairness and justice done, the good shepherd in this context presides over the affairs of his sheep as he leads them in and out so that they find posture and safety. The good shepherd presides over the sheep And he knows the condition of the flock. The good shepherd knows whether the flock, whether the sheep are hurting. The good shepherd knows whether the sheep are hungry. The good shepherd knows whether the sheep are sick or or, or overate as he cares for them. And the good shepherd can only be able to know all those things as he presides over the affairs of the sheep. That's what the good shepherd does. It does not only nature's relationship and provides for his sheep, the good shepherd provides for, for the sheep in so many different ways. The fourth thing which the good shepherd does is that he protects the sheep. And we read from verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The good shepherd watches over the sheep and keeps them from being destroyed by dangerous animals and human beings. Added to that, the good shepherd knows sometimes that sometimes the so-called dumb sheep will wander off and stray from the safety of the shepherd. And so the good shepherd brings the sheep wandering back from the ford. He brings them back into the shed in times of scorching heat. It brings the wandering sheep back in times of persecution, and it brings the wandering sheep in times of affliction and backsliding. And so in protecting a sheep, the good shepherd uses a rod and a staff for obvious reasons. A rod for leading, prodding, defending, guiding, and directing as well as for the stability when navigating through challenging pastures and landscape. The staff is used by the good shepherd as an instrument for rescue operations and rehabilitation purposes. Here now is an example or illustration of how the shepherd uses the road and the staff the different scenario underscores how difficult the job of being a pastor is, hence the need for the sheep to pray for our under-shepherds. And so the first slide, that gives you the difference between the road and the staff. You can see the difference quite clearly that the, the road is less, slightly short, whereas the the staff is longer and thinner, and they're used differently. And so, at the next slide, you can see how uh, the good shepherd uses the staff to bring back the wandering sheep that has been escaping from his presence. So he has to use the staff to <laughs> on the leg. So that is, <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> It brings back, like that wandering sheep, back into the ford. The next slide we see how the good shepherd sometimes uses the rod to pump some sense. In an animal that is trying to attack his sheep, he uses a rod so that you make sure that you hit him hard. You can't use the staff; use the rod. But also sometimes the sheep begins to think that the cliff is a diving board. And so he wants to to go swimming. And so a good shepherd realized that the sheep is going to drown. And so he cannot use the rod to rescue him. He would rather use a staff. Next, I can see sometimes the big bear comes from nowhere to attack his sheep. And in that instance, the good shepherd instinctively will go and get his rod to make sure that uh, he... Challenges the bear. And lastly, the good shepherd sometimes moves as he takes his flock from different pastures. Sometimes the landscape becomes quite challenging. And therefore, he uses the road for stability to balance himself up. And that's what a good shepherd does. And so, lastly, let me talk about the perpetuity. Of the shepherd's role. In other words, this relationship which the shepherd has with the sheep is perpetual. And so the thought of Yahweh in this passage, the psalmist that the thought of Yahweh as a good shepherd and ever faithful in providing for the sheep's every need leads the psalmist to yet another image the thought of Yahweh as a gracious and thoughtful host. Of course, the concept is rooted in the ancient Near East idea of hospitality, and Yahweh is depicted as the host par excellence. Therefore, Yahweh lays a table as his guest looks on and right in front of the enemies who are quite unable to arm him because of his presence of such a host. The host then singles out the guest as honored and then feasts as joyous by pouring scented oil upon his head. The psalmist's joy, just at the thought, is boundless. He is nearly overcome by it, and then he can only say, My cup of bronze over. That's what we read when he said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Friends, God is indeed an overgenerous host. And so the idea of full hospitality at Yahweh's hands reminds the Samus of the grace of the presence which has brought him that far. And thus, he closes his aim with an assertion similar to the one with which he began it. It is that good and unchanging love will be his companions through all the days of his life as he is settled. In other words, he has taken up a permanent residence in Yahweh's house for the length of his days. And because of Yahweh's unchanging love, he came and has become a guest in perpetual so how do we wrap up our message this morning? Well, the question we need to answer this morning is why does, that, why does the shepherd do all these things? Why does the shepherd nature's relationship with the sheep? Why does the shepherd provide for his sheep? Why does the shepherd protect his sheep? Why does the shepherd preside over his sheep? And why does the shepherd continue to be an influence in the life of his sheep? Well, the Lord does it for his purposes, for his name's sake, as we were reminded in verse 3. I say the Lord does it for his name's sake. And once more, I ask, what is in the name? Well, as far as the shepherd is concerned, there is plenty in this psalm. And here is the list from the Jewish perspective of the shepherds, many names, when he wrote this psalm, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, Jehovah Roy is my protector. When he said, I shall not want, it meant Jehovah Rapha, that God is my provider. When he said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, it meant Jehovah Adonai, meaning he is my master. And when he said, he leads me beside the still waters, Jehovah Shalom, that God is my peace. He restores my soul. It meant Jehovah Roy, my healer. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It means Jehovah said, God, my righteousness. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it means Jehovah Shema, my divine presence. I'll fear no evil. For you are with me, Jehovah Shabbos, God is my warrior. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, Jehovah Elohim, God is my defender. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, Jehovah Nissi, God is my encourager. You anoint my head with oil, Jehovah Mekadash. God, my righteousness. My cup runs over. Jehovah El Shaddai, God, my nourisher. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Jehovah El Elohim, God, my protector. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jehovah El Olam, God, my eternity. Friends, the Lord has his own reasons For protecting and comforting us. Why? Because it is his nature. Although the Lord is self-sufficient, yet he longs for having a relationship with us as a sheep. It is his nature to love. It is his nature to protect. And it is his nature to provide. And it is his nature to forgive. The question I want to leave with you is this. Do you know this shepherd of your soul? Do you know him as your personal god? Do you know him as a providing god? Do you know this shepherd of your soul as the one who presides over the affairs of your life? Do you know this shepherd of your soul as the one who protects you? And do you know this shepherd of your soul as the one with whom you can have a perpetual relationship even before even beyond death? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, please make sure that you speak to the steering team or speak to the pastors or the leadership, they'll be more than happy to help you. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you that indeed you are our shepherd. And I pray this morning that may the God of peace, who through the blood of eternal covenant, Brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of sheep, of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what it is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.